Hi, everyone. It is your friend and neighbor, Samuel Richards. Um, I just wanted to share some quick updates with you before we start the episode. Um, The first thing, of course, is our email. Please reach out to us if you like what we're saying. If you want something clarified, reach out. We love to hear from you all. Email us at communityroots.pod at gmail.com. And they go straight to our phones. We get it vibrates in our pocket. And we love to hear from you all. So reach out and let us know what you're thinking. Also, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. That is how we let you guys know what is going on. So check us out. You can search communityroots.pod or Community Roots Podcast, and we will show up. Um, Adrian and Mom are great about posting photos, uplifting things, so you'll get a lot out of it. As always, check us out on iTunes, rate and review us. This is how our podcast spreads. So um, a simple review where you leave a little comment is both uplifting and energizing for us, and it also helps other people who are looking for mental health podcasts or podcasts in general. It helps them find us, so anything you can do there would definitely help us out. Lastly, I also wanted to let you know about our Patreon. Um, It is launching in a couple weeks. We have a whole bunch of bonus content that will be included things like listener questions, um, books mom is reading, and a bunch of other things that we're considering. So that will be coming out at the end of February. So get ready for stuff like that. Um, That's all I have for today. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, and I will talk to you again in a week on February 11th. See you then. We were just talking last week. Um, I introduced JHR counseling, and I forgot the consultation, so I edited it in. And I was kind of—I didn't really. If you're looking for it, you can tell <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but it was With funny. JHR counseling and consultation. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we can do the same thing if she falls asleep. Okay. We'll just go. We have a couple sound bites of mom just going, good point. (laughs) I didn't get that reference. (laughs) It will be harder to edit out the snores, though. Okay. I'll I'll just scoot your chair back. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so that we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. And this week, we're once again off the beaten path with Sarah Wakefield. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I think it's really cool because you were with us back in the old, old studio. So Two studios back. Right, I know. And now this is like living luxury. Padded seats, AC slash heat. Windows. Windows, you can see the outside. And there's enough space to move. We were just talking about last time, like, <laughs> it's three people kind of around a small desk. So anyway, it's kind of cool that you've been on that journey, too. 
And very special appearance today by the sunshine. Yes. Which those of you that are not in Ohio don't understand what a crisis we're all in whenever we have day after day (laughs) of only clouds. So when we see sunshine on the floor coming in from the window, we know we've been gifted with something amazing today. So Sarah, we, we were talking about some of the things that you've just been processing recently um, reflecting on, thinking through. I'm trying to define processing for those who don't really identify with that phrase. We got some feedback that not everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say processing. So what kinds of things have you been thinking about, reflecting on, wanting to unpack, explore, dive into? <laughs> you want to keep going? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Have I defined it well? Did I bring some clarity? I think processing is just highlighting something that you are getting stuck on. So I used this analogy or metaphor earlier when you go to get a massage and you have a knot somewhere in your body. Processing is just the uh, process (laughs) of acknowledging the knot, wondering like, how did I get this knot? working on it maybe you don't spend the entire session working on this one knot but you slowly kind of you know get all of those fibers or I don't know if you call them fibers but uh those muscles to to relax and mm-hmm. um and maybe you like I said you don't um harp on it first you don't put all of your energy into it but then you you address it you acknowledge that it's there and how did it get there have I been sleeping crooked and all the factors that play into the creating that knot. Am I shrugging while I sit at my desk all day? Yes. Um, <laughs> Check. <laughs> definitely. Um, but I think processing for me, that's what comes to my mind. I think that's a good new uh, slogan for the show or not slogan, but catchphrase where we talk, let's massage that out. Like <laughs> let's really dig in and figure out what's, what's causing that knot. We've talked about the metaphor too of untangling. Mm-hmm. Like mm. something feels kind of conflicted within you or you can't quite figure out where you're you mentioned the word stuck Mm -hmm. feeling kind of stuck on something but it's untangling and sorting out I like the word um, being dynamic Mm. like to explore different sides of things and different layers of complexity that's all speaking my love language right there (laughs) (laughs) I could do that all day so and I do actually there's but, also an element of kindness when yeah. you're processing hmm. being non-judgmental. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, with acknowledging that knot, uh, when you're processing something mentally, you have to be kind. You can't just take a sledgehammer to the knot and bang it out. You have to actually massage it and, and be gentle. Hmm. And maybe you come back to it. Maybe you leave it alone. You go somewhere. You, you do something else. Um and then you and you come back and circle back around. Yeah, but you do it mm-hmm. with kindness. So reflecting on things lately, you were sharing with us before we got on the air. Yes, thank you for bringing me back to that. Um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot of lately about the idea of perfectionism, about what it means to want or seek perfection, either in yourself and what that says about the need for control and... Then I've also been thinking about what it says about my own trauma history mm-hmm. and um, how I worked, how I 
handled the aftershocks of trauma by then trying to be, um, I guess I would say perfect, how to redeem myself through being the being good. And I mean good as like getting 100% on a test. And I mean good as like succeeding first try all the time and making sure that I always made people proud around me. So perfectionism wasn't necessarily leaving the house with an un, with an ironed shirt and perfectly coiffed hair. It was how can I impress everyone? And um, there is a layer of codependency involved in trying to control others around you, but we won't get into that. Um, that it's a whole nother topic. It's a whole nother topic. To I don't tangle. Yeah, to, to massage. <laughs> I think that's really interesting, though. I, I really do. I And even you mentioning codependency, like, again, um, we don't have to go into it. But just I, that's never something that I had thought about perfectionism because it seems to kind of line up in terms of how, um, like, maybe your relationship with your friends around you or just how you view society or your community. That's very interesting. Um, what I was wondering was, Whenever dealing with um, perfection on my end, I I feel like a lot of anxiety and mm-hmm. a lot of like unwillingness to move mm-hmm. because I just feel frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering what you guys felt when dealing with sort of perfectionism and what that looked like from another person's expect- perspective because I've actually never really verbalized it with other people, like mm-hmm. what perfectionism is. And feels I, like I think there's an element of it that's like rigidity. It's it has to look a certain way, and that's the only way that it's okay. It's like a pressure to um, conform into something that often isn't sustainable, isn't life giving. It's a standard that is um, kind of beyond reach, but yet in some ways we kind of idealize it in society as if that's something of excellence and wow this person is so amazing and they do things so well and yet really it's not healthy it's not um or possible it's not possible it's not sustainable Mm -hmm. it's not life-giving it's more of a pressure out of like an unmet need I need to make sure that people will stay with me or want me or not reject me or see value in me. Absolutely. I think something that comes to my mind too with perfectionism and um, the need for control. So I do a hot yoga class a couple times a week and something that I'm learning to let go of is nailing the pose the first time. And not like, um, not falling out of it. So for me, my nature that has been nurtured (laughs) throughout, um, I want to get tree pose immediately and it doesn't matter what this pose is. It's just a pose, but I identify with tree pose. And if I fall out of it, I'm I just beat my, I'm like, oh my gosh, but I can force myself to stay in it and it is ugly. And I will just cram that leg up there and I will, you know, put my hands on my heart or whatever and, and force myself through it. But my instructor is constantly reminding us it is 
okay. Like part of the process is slipping out of it. And we're talking instructors who have done this for years and years saying, that's, that's fine. Like, just try, just, just try it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, uh, the other thing that comes to my mind is a quote from a woman, a blog called the nester. And she says, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful, which I found very freeing, but going back to yoga, the idea of just try it, you you'll fail. Like that's part of the process. It doesn't have to be perfect for it to be successful success or the attempt of the pose is it's more than just nailing it it's where what's your breathing like what's where's your mind what are you focusing on are you doing this with intent are you doing are you um moving with authenticity and I think perfectionism helps us hide from authenticity we don't have to be vulnerable we can control um we it might not be sustainable but darn it the idea of control is a very safe place especially when you've experienced trauma with trauma there's vulnerability Uh, with control you can make sure that never happens again Mm -hmm. or the idea that it won't happen again um sam i really identified with what you said about you know feeling frozen for the for a period of time during college and after college i thought i couldn't move in any direction because it wasn't the right direction. But then how do you know what the right direction is, like career-wise? So I would, I would feel frozen. And um, my mom had a really uh, nice, kind analogy about being in a train station and just waiting for your train to come along. And then you hop on your train and you go. And I always was always stuck with, like, which train do you get on? <laughs> like, yeah, It's great that I'm going to get on a train, but which train? And instead, I could have picked any train. Just move but move with intent and move with authenticity and move from a place um, where you want to move. And in, as a young adult, the world's your oyster, right? There's so much opportunity out there. It's completely um, petrifying sometimes. I mean, I get stuck at the grocery store trying to find the perfect peanut butter. And I've stood there for like 30 minutes looking at the backs of all these peanut butter jars going, well, should I, oh, should I get the palm oil? I don't know, because is it sustainable palm oil? And even sustainable palm oil isn't all that great. Maybe I need to get the natural, but that's going to get really gross because then the oil's going to come to the surface. And, you know, it's, it's petrifying because there's so many options out there. Um, but then I don't know how to bring this back into perfectionism and authenticity, uh, except to say, Just go with it. Just go with authenticity. Just go with intent. Something that I thought froze me up whenever I was dealing with perfectionism was this kind of idea of like there was a story out there for me mm-hmm. and I had to I, I had to achieve it or live up to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like there was a purpose or there was something that was like almost it's there, but you got to make sure you pick the right one because otherwise like it's almost a wasted opportunity. Like you could have been the president of the United States, but instead you did this. And um, I think something that was helpful to me to work through was just questioning what I thought as of as what I wanted to achieve, Mm -hmm. what I thought was valuable and important. And um, I thought that that helped my thought process as well. 
Um, something that I wanted to talk about a little bit was, and what this conversation is bringing up for me is, this might go over some, but um, <laughs> Plato's, t- t- whenever he talks about like the true forms or the pure forms, wherever there's this like idea of a perfect concept of like a dog and everything else is just kind of like some form or idea of a true version of what a dog actually is. And I think that's what sometimes I think of whenever I'm um, feeling overwhelmed in a perfectionist way. I remember making a website about last year and feeling so stuck because I was like, how do you even make the perfect website? (laughs) And I realized that there's no such thing as the perfect website. All of them are just different websites. There is no true form website. It's rather just like people's interpretations of that. And so for me striving to make the perfect website, instead I should have, I felt it was helpful for me to ground Mm. and just say, well, what do I want to emphasize? What do I think is important to talk about instead of trying to achieve this thing that I can't even comprehend? I'm going to stick to this is what I can work on. And you're going off of other, everybody else's opinions. Right. Of your of the perfect website instead of what you want. Your your intent, your authenticity, what your own expression. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that spirals back into control and um, this idea of perfectionism isn't just because it isn't really what you you don't want this perfect it's what you think everybody else wants perfect to be so that you can be loved and accepted I can see it being a part of control and something that I would bring to the table as well that I've experienced is maybe self-worth like Sometimes whenever we talk about uh, in my communications classes, like there are certain things that you can do that show a high level of respect for yourself or a high respect level of respect for others or neither or one or the other. But the point being to say, like, maybe somebody's opinion matters more than my validation or my hard work that I've already put in maybe is some self-worth stuff, too. But I did want to ask you what are some of the reasons behind feeling perfectionism? What does the therapist world say about that? I like thinking of it in terms of um, Pia Melody is one of my frameworks that I have taught on and been trained under. And perfectionism would be one of our extremes. We have... uh, you know, our wounded child on one side, our adapted adolescent on the other, and a functional adult being moderate in the middle. And perfectionism and having that sense of rigid control and black and white thinking is on that extreme. And I think it does kind of circle back to what Sarah is saying about the predictability of that or the familiarity of... um, wanting things to be a certain way because we can't quite handle ambiguity and change and adjustment. So if we could keep it very rigidly controlled and to look a certain way, then there's some level of comfort in that. Um, I don't know. I think of in terms of, did you have something you wanted to switch to? or? Well, I wanted to ask about that spectrum of wounded child to adjusted adolescent adapted adaptive adolescent adapted. what what is that 
scale mean? And is there like a specific side that perfectionism falls under? She thinks in terms of um, just the idea of swinging like a pendulum between good or bad, um, tightly controlled or out of control. Hmm. And it's just the idea that there's nothing moderate in the middle to be steady and like a solid foundation. It's more like, well, if I can't, if I can't do this one extreme, I'm going to overcompensate and go the Mm. other direction. And it's really a lack of moderation and balance and like a calm center where I can just be present where I am. I also think in terms of those extremes are also taking us out of the present. We're often distracted into past and future and either hyper control or out of control. I mean, all of those are kind of swinging extremes that are part of our coping styles, I think. What I identify with moderation is kind of accepting that things are shades of gray Uh, Mm -hmm. and not in a depressing way, but in rather of like, it's not all or nothing. It's rather, they're just shades of what what is really happening and I think um, being more able to accept and ad- adjust to the fact that things are shades than rather like saying well I'm all the, either gonna drink 12 beers and go nuts or I'm gonna just spend the night at home and watch the office that plays perfectly into my yoga analogy of e- or and we were talking earlier Julie about you know going to the gym right after the start of the year this idea of you go to the gym and then you see all these people going in in January right and you know the classes are overwhelmed and then everybody's gone sometime in mid February because at one point they took a break and then they just quit coming and this tree pose this yoga pose of um falling out but not giving up because you fell out of the pose to step back into it. Totally. You know, whenever I st- first started doing meditation, um, one of the tips that was given to me that I thought was really helpful was meditation isn't about focusing as hard as you can. It's about learning to bring your attention back and recenter mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Keep coming back. Yep. Just to notice it and then mm-hmm. bring yourself back in. I think of that too in terms when I'm trying to help people understand those extremes and moderation. And I think this echoes with perfectionism as well is that if you're standing in a shower that is like way too hot and you're scalded and about to be burned if you want to adjust that you're not going to turn it onto freezing cold to get it better you're just going to barely turn the handle just a little bit Mm -hmm. so that there's some relief it's not as scalding Mm And same thing for if you're driving down the road and you start to go off on the rumble strips a little bit, you're going to just make the slightest adjustment with your steering wheel so that you can stay in your lane. If you overcompensate and overcorrect, you're in oncoming traffic. And it's or you'll just straight place. up flip the car. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I think perfectionism really plays into that because I've noticed whenever I felt so helplessly overwhelmed by perfectionism I'm normally like the beginner (laughs) um in terms of like it was do you guys not agree with that I'm getting weird no I'm me I'm absolutely agreeing and and, 
Okay, great. I'm trying to stay present because I'm like, oh, yes, tangents. But Right. I know we're all processing at the same I time know. as talking. But I really felt like I've looked at some of like the final products of what people are putting out. And I'm like, why can't I just force myself to just do this? And I think something that um, I saw on Instagram once was this idea of even the person who appears to be the master right now started off as like a bumbling apprentice, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who couldn't do the tree pose and was just like forcing themselves to do the pre mm-hmm. free. And instead it's just a matter of practice and getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even somebody who is naturally born and just was given the gifts of more flexibility would still have to work on it to be really like an expert in their field or even to really push the boundary of that because that's how I think human bodies work. Human minds work is Mm. it's about attempts. It's about putting in more and more time and that's how you get good at something, not necessarily being born with it or being divine or something. And can we become uh, comfortable with the process, Mm. the becoming that we haven't arrived. We don't have to achieve something unattainable. We're just we're in the middle of it. We're figuring it out. We're learning new things. We're growing. We're en route. We're in process. <laughs> There's a couple quotes in the equestrian world, a couple of renowned trainers. One um, would harp all the time and say, you know, perfect practice makes perfect. And for me as a writer, you know, I've been writing for since I was four, since I was barely born, my mom had me on a horse. And to hear that was paralyzing uh, even as an adult because great now what's my perfect practice and then the other writer says this other big name trainer um, says you just have to practice you just keep doing it you keep doing it and sometimes you expand beyond your comfort zone a little bit but you don't do it to scare yourself or the horse Um, I can bring horse training into anything but uh, you just you just show up and and you just keep trying and your goal, and I think all of our goals as humans should be to be, and I've, I keep saying this, but it's to be authentic. It's to be ourselves. And it's so hard to be yourself when you're growing up in the world because you're hit with so much. I mean, we're all human, right? And so we treat each other like crap most of the time. And But then there's some kindness involved, but you just keep showing up. Whenever I w- was at Pitt my freshman year, I gained the fe- freshman 15, you know, because yeah. the... Uh, right across the street in the basement there was the huge food hall Mm. and they give you way more swipes than you ever needed so you just swipe once again and anyway they had soft serve ice cream machines (laughs) and ice cream's my weakness sometimes anyway i was getting really into like okay i need to start showing up to the gym i really need to start working out and one of the tips that they said was just wake up in the morning put on your gym clothes and walk to the gym and if you just immediately turn around and leave that's okay Mm -hmm. and if as long as you do that on a consistent basis eventually you're gonna say i'm wasting my time i need to actually go into the gym and i thought that was really interesting in terms of just making that attempt just putting your first step forward I would totally understand how perfect practice makes perfect would seize me up immediately. I would not try anything new because I couldn't do it right on the first time or I try to cover it up or say, ah, you know, it was the wind. Yep. (laughs) Instead of saying like, how can I actually improve from this or being accepting of yourself and having that like kindness, like you said with yourself to be able to say, 
I'm a beginner. I just tried this. I'm yeah. just showing up and it's going to make a big difference three months from now when I look back. Another perfect example is our podcast, being mm -hmm. able to say, we worked really hard for our podcast and we planned a lot for it. But a lot of the time in the beginning, it was just, well, we can't prepare forever. So let's just sit down and do it. It's I'm doing all this processing too. You guys are talking. I'm like, be present, be present. And I really like having really deep conversations and sometimes it's really difficult. I wonder where you get that from. Right. <laughs> no idea. And um, I'm an outsider. In this. <laughs> we've had deep conversations even um, over text, which yeah. has been difficult. Sometimes the conversations can get really deep and you almost have to process like mid conversation, which is really difficult because maybe somebody gave you something that you just didn't even expect. Mm. And you're just like, oh, crap. Now I have to go think back and say, did that affect how I thought about things? Did that? And so um, when having conversations like this, when it goes in deep is maybe uh, thinking about baby steps and asking smaller questions about smaller incremental like how do we feel about this? Or what does this mean? So um, not getting the perfect question right off. Right, the right, right. Exactly. But moving a lot slower. So we have less to process at mm -hmm. a time. Mm -hmm. And if you're processing something, maybe asking a question right off the bat of what you're processing, just saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm working through this thought. What do we think about that? Mm -hmm. Of course, sometimes we're also uh, comparing it to our own history that mm -hmm. would take you like 20 minutes to just explain the story. Right. But just to say like maybe those tiny baby steps, you know, would be interesting. That goes back to that idea of moderation. Um, I was thinking about the phrase little by little and how that is really helpful instead of thinking in, in terms of extravagant extremes of what I wish I could do or I'm pushing so hard to do. Instead of seeing like every movement, I think about what you just said, Sarah, with the train, like it's movement. It's getting me somewhere. It's just starting with a step. I mean, for yoga, one of the things that I've heard is just showing up on the mat. Mm -hmm. And yoga with Adrienne, she'll say, you've already done the hardest part. You're already here. And thinking how life-giving that is to just have that sense of, I'm showing up, I'm here, I'm taking a step, I'm doing a little bit. You know, if there's a hard project that you can't do because it seems like it's going to take too much time, too much energy. If you can just do the first little bit of it. I was having fun in the kitchen the other night. Um, remembering, do you remember whenever you guys were little kids and we would say, okay, everybody get five things from the table. Yes. And then, <laughs> or, and I, and I'd change up the number. I'd say, okay, it would be a race things. to like the ketchup bottles and the mustard bottles. The easiest you could like thing. grab five in one go. Yeah. But we would change the number, you know, like, okay, everybody get three things, everybody get seven things or whatever. And we'd all be chipping in as a team and working together. And all of a sudden, huge progress has been made. And just seeing that movement of even now, if the kitchen is like a disaster area and everybody has left things behind or something, I will even play those games in my mind of just mm -hmm. saying, okay, I can start with one thing. I can do a couple things. And all of a sudden two things turns into four or five and then everything's starting to look a lot better and I feel better. And there's that progression and steps and little by little that can really end up making a difference instead of being paralyzed by the idea of perfection, that it's not good enough. It's, it's never going to be enough. No matter what I do isn't good enough. It's instead saying, 
I can do something that's going to make a difference here. I was thinking how that I associate sometimes that with my ADHD and dealing with like my difficulty regulating my attention and how whenever I see a mess, I'm like, if I have to like pick up the books, then, you know, I have to clean out my desk. And if I clean out my desk, then I have a bunch of files on my computer that I just need to delete, you know, instead of (laughs) being able to, I think I just went down that slippery slope so quick in Mm -hmm. terms of just like my brain was like, if you have to do this, you have to do that. And I think it's so cool even thinking back to um, growing up and being like, before I leave for work, I could totally pick up five things and then just leave without having to say, okay, how can I organize the entire mail that we haven't opened up in two weeks? But you also had to let go of something too. If you pick up the five things, how freeing is that to step away? But then you're also you're also making a choice to not be perfect and clean mm-hmm. the whole house. Yeah, right. But you had you kind of leave yourself open by saying, "Well, I'm I'm not going to clean everything. I'm just going to pick up five." Things. It's a work in process. Yeah, like it's a work in progress process. You know, I was thinking about um, some of the things said in church today, and the biggest th- takeaway for me was black and white does not address humanity, and this idea for control and perfectionism also misses the mark because it kind of keeps us from being human and it keeps us from um, maybe this concept or allowing ourselves to be who we are instead of who we think we need to be. And I think you said that earlier, Julie, that with, I'm going to bring it back a little bit, but with trauma and then the need to control your outcomes, um, your, your history, the idea of not being accepted for who you are, so then you, or at least this was my journey. My story is I want to control that, make sure everybody loves me, make sure I'm accepted. And when you don't know how to make that happen, you keep striving to be loved and accepted for who you are, but that's not good enough. Like you're, you're referencing leaving your house, Sam, and um, accepting yourself for who you are. You, you don't work well when you try to clean everything at once because it just spirals out of control and also ignoring the problem at hand um, isn't healthy either. You got to clean your house at some point, but five things, I mean, that's just a little step and a little step into acknowledging to who you are. Um, Those five things, picking up that small amount is also acknowledging your weakness. And I just wish the message to everyone would be that you're accepted for who you are even though we don't really like to think of it that way because who I am might be really ugly. What if people don't like me when I'm vulnerable and show up as myself? feels like wearing the emperor's new clothes or something. Yeah, I also think maybe perceiving ourselves as more vast than a black and white to Mm -hmm. say, I'm not a failure because I can't shoot the arrow in the middle of the target the first time I hold a bow. Um but maybe accepting like I'm a complex person who is in shades of gray that we had Beth McElhaney on the show. And something that she said that I still remind myself of today is whenever I'm not doing well at something, I remind myself of something I am good at. Mm. So I can both get some confidence back, but also realize like I'm not a complete failure because I can't do this. And um, just being okay with the fact that things aren't this black and white, but rather very complex they build off of each other um we're deeper and 
worth more than a single experience, whether it's a success or a failure. But um, I sat with a client this week who was processing in a completely different way than they normally do. Often there's the all or nothing thinking, black and white thinking, seeing everything in a negative lens and in this particular session had progressed to saying well it's not everything about that that's hard or there actually are some things about this that I can see now from a different angle and I just thought this is huge very significant healing and growth to be able to say there's more to it than just what I originally thought when I can actually see the different sides and complexities of things and and to be able to take all of that in I think you know with perfectionism we sometimes want it to look a certain way it feels more comfortable it feels more controlled it feels um, on one angle it's rigid Mm. but if we're able to get more comfortable with ambiguity allow it to be a little bit more organic and and to see that it doesn't have to be altogether everything perfect to feel okay, that I can accept my humanity, that sometimes I have limits. I have things that are growing edges for me to keep working towards, keep building muscles in that area. That's so much more healing and growth and really giving us more vitality, more energy, Mm -hmm. more purpose and freedom to grow into which I think is amazing I think it's beautiful and I think that when we try to be people that we're not um, or or aspects of people that we see well like I want that good piece from that person I want that good piece from that person and I'm speaking from my background so feel free to chime in if it doesn't relate but you don't get to be who you are and the people that you crave to be around the most are usually the people who are themselves who who have cultivated and continue to cultivate this strong sense of self-worth um, without being dependent on others to make that and I hope this is making sense but by being by this um, quest for perfectionism this quest to be something that you're not you, you hope I think that you will be, be- a better version of yourself And that's not necessarily, that's stagnant. I think that that's, you're not allowing yourself this mass um, opportunity for growth of of mass growth of, you know, looking at things from different perspectives of exploring who you are because you were stuck in that black and white. You're stuck there. And, um, and speaking of self-worth, like, perfectionism would be putting our value and worth in what we do. Did we do it perfectly? It's not about who we are as a person, Mm -hmm. as much as it is what we've accomplished or how we've performed or we've pleased others. And all of those are aspects really of emotional immaturity, that it's not just, that we have value and worth because we're all precious and valuable. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's where the root of our self-worth mm-hmm. is, is that we are inherently precious and we're shown that we have value by just being here. Just showing up is value. Um, and instead we can get tripped up whenever we 
think that we have to connect that value and worth towards did I perform well enough? Did I produce enough? Did I accomplish enough? Did I please everyone? Did I conform to look a certain way? Yeah. Um, in my own philosophy, I think that one of the only black and whites, and it probably is subject to change, but rather that everyone is worth it and everybody is equal in that they're a human being. And that means a lot and, or even a life. They're just some something worth investing in and just your existence gives you certain um awesomeness and depth and just you're valuable just being you and i do see this perfectionism as people and myself seizing up and not realizing that and instead focusing maybe putting up too much weight on my accomplishments or my actual actions instead of what I find interesting and how I'm just a person and how, um, I can comfort somebody or however many things I can do or say or feel and think, but just this inherent self-worth I think is really important. And I also think that that changes your perspective on a lot of things, um, to say like, I'm special and so is everyone else. Mm -hmm. To hear that I'm special. And so with everyone else, but just as you are. Mm. I think that's a great Yeah, gift. good caveat, yeah. Yeah. So as we reach the end of the episode, as always, I think a good tradition is talking about our gratitudes. I don't even know if we were doing that whenever you recorded yours. No, I, I definitely remember not being grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not having, not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was um, really hot in that room. <laughs> yeah, you're telling us. Uh yeah, so we end on gratitudes. It's such a great way, I think, also to end a conversation to also, especially a deep one with mental health. Sometimes, like we were talking about earlier, having to process all this stuff sometimes gets really deep. So I like appreciating things. And um, this week, what I really appreciate is my chickens. Um, you have chickens? Yeah, I have three chickens, and they're all great. And um, we accidentally found like 12 eggs in our because they were laying them somewhere else and we made a quiche with it and it was super good so um the quiche you didn't bring us (laughs) (laughs) that one that one that i'm gonna eat later today (laughs) (laughs) so i'm really thankful uh just for my chickens it's cool to have a pet that is so interesting and unique but also who gives you free eggs um i'd be down if to also have like a duck or something as well. I love ducks. I think even the idea of appreciation is something I'm grateful for, that people who see the kindnesses and they acknowledge them and see the the small things that feel life-giving and they notice them. So I like... I think that's something I'm grateful for is noticing things that can be so small. I I think I'm one of the most joyful people because of that. Like that I see the smallest thing and I think, oh, look at that. Um, so that brings me like strange delight just finding the small things that that are really good. But I like when people do that in each other, you know, that they see they see that, they notice that, they appreciate each other, they're kind to each other. I think, gosh, that's so life-giving and so 
beautiful. Like it just touches my heart very deeply every time. That is beautiful. I am grateful for the moments that I've had over the past several weeks that really highlight how far I've come with, you know, moving more towards getting to be me and acknowledging that gift that get that you get to be who you are. That's a huge gift. Um, and, and how far I have yet to go and how much I am still addicted to this perfection and I keep my brain goes right back to it. But I also am very grateful for the support group of who can sit here as we interview or dialogue and we can all process together and how process seems to be, it's like a gift for each other. It's this, um, support. And I'm also grateful for the sunshine. (laughs) We all are. That's we what are we all so were grateful. thinking about saying. <laughs> I was like, I want to say something other than the weather because I think the weather is routinely my gratitude. But anyway, that wraps up this week. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, next week, you will hear our regular Community Roots episode. So we will see you then. Bye.